show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free. That, once again, for you, freetalklive.com. To start things out here tonight, we're going to talk about the Ron Paul situation. Uh, and the debate last night that took place in South Carolina with uh, Ron Paul attending and just being attacked by the media. Uh, just out and out, just vitriolic attacks. And we'll get to that here in a little bit. But first, I want to welcome two brand new affiliates to our uh, loving little family of affiliates here. This is the big time, this too. Is, this is pretty exciting. It's pretty cool. Um, apparently, we've got two new affiliates in Massachusetts, hmm. which... Is definitely a state that needs to hear some free talk live. I would concur completely. And uh, so welcome aboard to WBNW, not MW like the car, BNW, WBNW, 1120 in Concord, Massachusetts. Signal gets heavily into Boston. People in central to west Boston will easily be able to pick up this station. Uh, so technically that's a Boston station. It is, a, it is a Boston station. I mean, if, if their signal's heard inside the Boston metro, they're a Boston station. They, which is uh, top, ten, uh, top ten market. They right? may not be able to cover the metro, which uh, would, would hurt them as far as uh, you know, numbers go and would therefore right. hurt us as far as numbers go. But, you know, I'll take what I can get, especially Absolutely. in Boston. As far as I'm concerned, that's our biggest station. <laughs> uh, and also, they're simulcasting now on WPLM 1390 AM in Cape Cod, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Mm. So now Free Talk Live can be heard where uh, the, the pilgrims landed at, uh, at the rock. Where all the rich people live on Cape Cod, that's right. I don't know, do rich people live in Plymouth, too? Cause it's I'm not sure about Plymouth. I've been the there, I looked place. at the rock, there is in fact a crack in it, I, I, I checked that, and um, then I went on. Anyway, the other good news is both of these stations, the reason why we're announcing them in the middle of the week, is because they're weeknight affiliates. Can you believe so, that? Weeknight awesome. affiliates in Boston, Massachusetts. Yep. Yeah. Boston, Plymouth, uh, Cape Cod, Concord. So welcome to all our Massachusetts listeners. Uh, if, you, if you're just tuning in tonight for the first time, or maybe you're tuning in, because I think they've been running the show on a test basis for a little while. So if you're just tuning in, welcome to the show. You're going to hear something that's a little bit different, aren't you, Mark? Uh, you are never. You have never heard a show like Free Talk Live. If you're sitting in Boston, Massachusetts, right now, tuned into your radio, um, you have never ever heard a show like this because there isn't one out there like this. It will take you, at the very least, uh, a couple of weeks of pretty steady listening to get an idea of what we're talking about. So try not to blow up and get all crazy and upset at the first thing we say, <laughs> because we will say something that you disagree with tonight, and you will disagree with it vehemently. Well, you, will, you, will, you will be amazed that such utter insanity could possibly come out of our mouths. It's not insanity. Well, but, it makes but it's, perfect sense. I understand that freedom and liberty make perfect sense, but to somebody who's never heard the concepts before, when we come out and we say not only do we want to legalize marijuana, but we want to legalize every single drug in America. That could be shocking. That's sho suppose. It's shocking. And of course, we've spent... <laughs> That's just one issue. We've spent five years on the air talking about this, and I've done you know even more um, personal growth in this area for, uh, for years beyond that. So this is a transition process. You will not be... Uh, you will not understand it in one night's time. So stick with us. You're going to like what you hear. And uh, for rumor has it that both stations may be coming on board for Saturday nights, but that's not official yet. So you guys have us weeknights, which is awesome. 
800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. And uh, and big thanks to Scotty McCall, the program director over there. Way cool guy. I think we're going to go down there next week and tour the studios and all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll make a, a celebrity appearance, everybody. Because we're, we're, uh, we're neighbors to Massachusetts. We're up here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. All right, 800-259-9231. Speaking of people that said things that were outrageous, apparently. Now, of course, we don't think so. But uh, the audience last night at the debate, they some of them were pretty upset by what uh, Ron Paul had to say at not, one point. Not just the audience, but uh, Mr. Giuliani. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, that's the one clip that I've seen so far is the clip where Giuliani begs for uh, more time so he can respond to what Ron Paul says about foreign interventionism. You know, Ron Paul taking the, the, uh, the, the true principled position and saying, look, uh, America doesn't belong in invading and meddling in other in other countries. This is the reason why. I mean, he he even pointed it out that if you just listen to what these guys say, the so-called terrorists, if you just listen to what they say, then they're telling you that the reason they're engaging in violence against Americans is because the United States government has been engaging in violence against them for decades. Right. Well, there's really only uh, two choices. Um that you can make in this whole war, uh, you know, this whole uh, Middle East against United States conflict. Now, remember, the Middle East wasn't um, that big of a problem for us for quite some time. But you can either take the um, the the tack that, you know, the Middle Easterners, uh, mostly Saudi Arabians on 9/11, uh, attacked us because. We are thoroughly enmeshed in their politics over there, supporting King Fahd, which, you know, at the time, but now that's uh, his son, I think it's Harim. Um, anyway, we're supporting these dictatorships over there in the Middle East. We haven't gone into the, you know, the Sudan and kicked out their leadership. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of dictatorships over there, and we're supporting them. Why? For oil. Mm. Um, because we have to. And we have our military thoroughly ensconced in several of their countries um you know we have a, our military is in 131 countries around the world and in 600 military bases we control the world but ron so, didn't hold back on that either he pretty much came right out and 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 you know hit the important points including hitting the point of you know well how would you feel americans if it were the, the chinese that were doing these things to americans which i think is a great point I do or you too. can take giuliani's tack which is sort of the emotional um tack which is the middle easterners hate us they attacked us on 9-11 for no reason whatsoever they hate britney spears they hate coca-cola uh, they hate red white and blue the colors i they thought they you were hate us i thought when you said the emotional attack i thought you were going to you're going to point out how he came back and said well, I, I, t I can't believe that he has said this. I just want to make sure that... Yeah, don't you just want to take that back, Ron Paul? That was, you know, that was the best that he had, was you know, personal indignation. Was, oh my goodness, I can't believe... I, I, he actually said he'd never heard that before. I can't believe that. Are you telling me that the, uh, a guy running for president, um, one of the top contenders for the Republican ticket, has never heard the idea that we might have been attacked on 9-11... Because of our foreign policy, that's I mean, what he said. That's that it. <laughs> I think he must have just said that. That was like a space filler. I don't know, man. He has to have heard that before because that's the reason. And then he came back and said that that's the sort of thing that a Democrat would say, not a Republican. Later, did he? So he had to have. He had to have heard. Because um, I'm still waiting for the excerpts. You say the excerpts are now available. They're, they're available. Okay, because yeah. they weren't this morning. Let's go to the phones and talk to Mike in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hey guys, thanks hey. for having me on. What's I just, on your mind? I want to say, um, oh sorry, uh, you guys covered the pirate base. I'm still very angry over what happened yesterday. But you, you covered the primary points there. But the, my biggest problem today is no one's going back and looking at 
how Giuliani was just factually incorrect. He was just wrong. Everyone is rah, 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 Giuliani. And no one's taking approaches. Do you know what, Ron Paul, this fringe candidate guy that everyone says shouldn't be on the stage, which Fox conveniently was like, oh, yeah, aren't you running for the wrong ticket? It's just completely biased, completely wrong. But today, on all the talking heads, on MSNBC, Fox News, and CNN, I all, all three of them, I heard comments about about how Giuliani, you know, got a softball from Paul and should give him money and yeah, yeah, yeah. But no one actually talked about, like, what happened there. I don't know if people are afraid to talk about 9-11 and why it happened. It's always the terrorists are evil. We have to hunt down the terrorists. It's never, what can we do to stop this? Mm. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. The, uh, I mean, even in the face of overwhelming poll results, Ron Paul dominating the MSNBC poll again because they put up the same poll that they did two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He he kicked butt. Last time I looked, forty eight percent was what he'd gotten in that poll. Uh, in the Fox News poll, he came in a very close second place and was leading for quite a while. Uh, in that particular case, and he beat Giuliani in the Fox News poll for sure. Uh, so it was Romney that came in with like twenty nine percent, Paul with I think twenty five percent. And then uh, uh, Giuliani at 19%. And watching the uh, the spinmeisters and the hacks afterwards just just do their damnedest to try to marginalize him was absolutely amazing. You know, my favorite quote from uh, Mitt Romney um, in last night's uh, debate was, I support the Second Amendment. I'm also in favor of an assault weapons ban. <laughs> he just contradicted himself inside of two sentences. Yeah, that's amazing. Mike, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Eric in Texas, your calls, if you make them. And ladies, you come first. 800-259-9231. The media blackout, or attempted thereof, of Ron Paul continues. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. That includes updates. You get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. And you can get on that list by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates.freetalklive.com. Send an update out uh, actually twice today because... I sent one out when we got our new affiliate in Concord, Boston, Massachusetts, and then I got the confirmation on the second affiliate of Massachusetts, so I sent another one out then. So you really do get to know things first if you're on the updates list, updates.freetalklive.com. So talking about the uh, Ron Paul debate, uh, or the, the debate last night, which of course featured Ron Paul, and once again, once again, Ron Paul uh, dominating most of the polls. Dominating the ABC News poll, dominating the MSNBC poll, coming in a strong second place in the Fox News cell phone only text messaging poll. Right, and you know I love how um, they they wanted even all these companies ABC, MSNBC, Fox News they all discount their own poll when Paul comes in. Yes, um, they do. Strong. Can you imagine? They wouldn't be doing that if it was if it was uh, the top three got the. Uh, the top tier contenders. Right. You know, I mean, you know, Paul is a contender because the American people are sick and tired of this stupid war. Yep. They're sick of being um, che- cheated and screwed by their politicians at every single turn, and they know that, um, at least some of them know that these politi- these this next group, Mitt Romney and Giuliani, well, they're just going to do it um, some more. I mean, there, there's no there's no principle to these guys. Did you see the uh, Did you see the clip? 
from the Hannity and Combs post-debate interview with Ron Paul? Mark, did you see that last night? Hold it. Yes, I did. Where uh, Hannity um, asked Ron Paul some questions, uh, let him say like a couple of words, and then jumped all over him for it. Yeah, he was just Hannity was just frothing at the mouth. I mean, he was just he was foaming. He was so angry at Ron Paul, mm-hmm. and and yeah, he wouldn't let Ron answer a question. He wouldn't let him get a word in edgewise. And Ron was doing his best. I mean, he was he was trying not to raise his voice. Obviously, he right. was trying to be a nice guy with this jerk. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Hannity's just a, a low life scumbag. At least Alan Combs threw out some fair questions and gave Ron Paul the chance to answer them. Uh, but just, I mean, if you can pull that up, I'm sure. I think someone's linked to it from the Free Talk Live BBS. But man, I mean, you just want to watch these hacks at, uh, trying to do their job. And then there was this other spinmeister from Fox News uh, that got on there and really just came right out and and and. Uh, uh, no, it was Hannity. Hannity threw their little phone poll in the dirt. He 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 took a shot at Fox News's own poll, right there on the air, just saying, "Oh, it's just a cell phone poll, and well, it doesn't mean anything." You know, that's uh, what he said. They they asked people to vote via their cell phones. They eliminated uh, secondary votes. You know, you couldn't vote more than once. Right. What do they want? There's no IP. Uh, you can't change the IP address of your cell phone. Right. It's, you know, it's one number. That's it. I There's voted no... on my cell phone. You voted on your cell phone. Um, I, I I went I went home and I voted on my wife's cell phone. Is that cheating? I mean, I, I, they asked people to vote. They voted. Ron Paul came in a, a strong second on their cell phone poll. What do they want? Well, Mark, it's clear that uh, the, the, that here's the, the problem, employees though, the, the media wants the American people to swallow everything they say. Yeah. Look, you can't believe, you can't think for yourself, American people. You're too stupid. And it's 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 just nuts. It's disgusting. The kind of hubris that these people display. It makes me ill. The uh, the guy that uh, was also just sort of spinning Ron Paul was named, let's see, Carl Cameron. He was sort of the Fox News anchor who was on the floor, and he actually made reference to spinning. He actually made reference to it right on the air, right out in the open. Well, what did he say? I don't have the I don't have the clip to uh, to play back to you, but we're going to go to the phones and continue here. It's Eric in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Eric. Hey, guys. How's it going this evening? Great. What's on your mind? Good, sir. Um... I I think that this was just a huge tactical blunder on the part of uh, Fox and Giuliani. What if part? You actually, uh, well, if you actually listen to the moderator ask the question, he set it up so that Giuliani could, could cut in on Paul right. like I that. I feel like it was a setup, too, but I'm not prepared to go on national radio and say so. I, I don't yeah. have this the transcript in front of me. How was it a setup, exactly? Um he 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 specifically and he made sure that he specifically said, "Do you think that America invited the attack?" And and Paul clearly states, "No." No. He he said, "No, we didn't invite it. America, it wasn't our fault. It was the government's fault with our interventionist policy." I liked how he made that distinction. He said it wasn't Americans, it was the government's foreign policy. But then Giuliani jumps on Paul and basically repeats that, um, you know, uh, sort of uh, twists the words as though Paul had said, in fact, that that we did invite it. Exactly. And so you could tell that Giuliani knew the question was coming. And when when I say it was a tactical blunder... They were doing a good job of ignoring Ron Paul. I mean, they had the media blackout in full effect, mm-hmm. 
all they had to do was ignore them, but now they can't. Right. Because now this is national news, and they can't ignore it anymore. It's true. It, it was definitely, uh, from what I can tell, I haven't seen the debate, and I won't watch the full debate, and I haven't seen all of the clips yet, and I would like to. But from what I've read online, this was the, the major, that segment between him and Giuliani was the uh, the, the most, I guess, uh, talked about segment of the entire debate. It absolutely was. And it, it, it dominated all of the major news outlets uh, all night long. Also, it's getting it's resulting in the major uh, the major media paying more attention to Paul, which is an uh, you know an unusual situation. Instead of them trying to brush this under the rug, I believe he was on uh, CNN this afternoon and was going to be on uh, Glenn Beck, but apparently he's been canceled. But he's made some appearances on a variety of different shows as a result of his performance last night. So that's a good sign. Yeah. So I just want to thank Rudy. There you, you go. Do us a favor. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate the call. Let's talk to Kevin in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Kevin. Hello, guys. Hey, what's hey. on your mind? Um, okay, I got a few things about this uh, Ron Paul. Um, I unfortunately suffered through all the news that night and watching Fox. <laughs> um, and the first thing I want to bring up is, you know, Rudy is obviously lying. Um, you can his his consulting firm consults about terrorism and. Mideast oil policy. Okay. How could he never have heard of blowback? Well, I, I, I don't think it's fair to call it a lie. I mean, he was, he was clearly, why not? He's he was a politician. Clearly, clearly distraught. Um, you know, at at the implication, he was acting like he was distraught because by, he wanted to uh, pander to the nationalist crowd, which uh, they may, apparently he, he were. He may a nationalist very well crowd. be distra- distraught at the idea that uh, America might, um, you know, that, that the government might have brought on that attack on the American people, and um, you know, that, that may very very well be the case. But at the, but at the very least, he's showing that he's incompetent because that the, that same exact information was in the 9/11 report, which would show that he didn't even read that. Well, it, I you know that that much is true. It wasn't the 9/11. What's that? Who can blame him for that? Well, it, it was a long report, but he should have at least read a summary of it. Yeah. There you um, go. You know, I don't know. Um, that I'm I'm sort of willing to let that particular statement go by that he had never heard such a thing. Um, he as, was just he was acting indignant. Certainly, yes. he's heard that before, um, but he definitely was lying about it. I agree with Kevin, and and his indignance paid off at least as far as audience applause goes. I saw an article somewhere. Uh, and thank you for the call, Kevin. I saw an article somewhere that actually referenced not Ron Paul um, doing very well in the polls, but referenced how Giuliani got the most applause of the night. <laughs> like acting as though Giuliani was the winner of the debate because the, the nationalists in the crowd in South Carolina yelled and screamed and applauded for him after he uh, attempted to rebut Ron Paul, which he didn't do very well. 800-259-9231, but I hear the activists in New Hampshire have a plan. We'll tell you about it. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Your show, you bring up whatever you want, toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The bulletin board system is there with over 225,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting, lots of fun, serious issues, too. You'll find it all discussed, and it's all for free. 
at bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359 for SACL CAI. All right, so as we continue here with the phone calls, people talking about Ron Paul, they're excited, yeah, as well, they should be. He's an exciting candidate. He's uh, a candidate who actually is taking a position of less government, and he means it. He's not just some politician who's blowing smoke up your No, his, his votes in the House of Representative for the last five, six years, six years? Ten. I think he's a ten-term congressman. Ten, anyway, um, he's quite some time. Ten terms couldn't, be, couldn't possibly be right. Ten year or something. He's been in there since the early nineties. Okay, I, I know that much. Um, anyway, as long as he's been in there, he's he's shown a consistency in his votes. He votes no to almost everything. They call him right. Doctor No. I mean, please, this is the guy we want in there to shrink the size of government. So the American people are are pretty darned excited about Ron Paul, and apparently the the one group of Americans that aren't very excited is the establishment media, for whatever reason. And maybe it's because of the conspiracies. You know, everybody says that, uh, well, the media is controlled by a small group of elites. You know, every single media outlet is all Mm -hmm. owned by the same four companies, or whatever the the number is. It's a very small number. And, of course, these these guys that own these media outlets are, are elites, and so they hobnob it with the elite politicians and they're all in the same club and all that but you know if that were true then why wouldn't they just exclude ron paul period you know why wouldn't they just shut him out entirely well i don't think they really can Uh, they've they've opened up the debates uh to all the republican candidates he is a declared republican candidate he is a an elected republican um you know more so than he has more legitimacy than say newt gingrich or um you know it uh, must be because ron paul really has that much support think about this because they're trying to play off Ron Paul as though, oh, he's just got a few Internet activists behind him. That's why he's doing so well in all these polls, which, of course, doesn't explain why he won the cell phone poll or did very well in the cell phone poll, second place. So their, their, their on-air position, their public position is generally that Ron Paul's a nobody and all of his great polling numbers, the fact that he's still number one on Technorati.com, the number one searched-for phrase on blogs, on the Internet, for now over two weeks straight, by the way. Right. Um, all of this information, all just a bunch of Internet activists. He's a nobody. He's got no chance. Second-tier candidate. They're trying to minim- minim- minimize him as much as possible. You know, and, it, and, and, oh, now hold on. Now, doesn't that sort of fly in the face of the fact that they allowed him in the debate in the first place? One could make the point that the reason why Ron Paul's in the, these debates is not because he's paid the filing fee, but because the Ron Paul supporters called up those uh, those media companies, Fox News and MSNBC, and said, we demand that you have Ron Paul in the debates. If you're going to have so-and-so in the debates, you know, whatever one of the other guys' uh, names are, then you need to have Ron Paul. If not, we're going to boycott your products, and we're, we're not going to watch your, uh, your news product anymore. Mm-hmm. So the fact is, they got enough phone calls from people that they were scared about possibly losing advertisers or whatever the economic factors were, they were scared by the marketplace into adding this man into the debates. And so that just that just tells me that, you know, they're just they're saying one thing and they're doing another. Mm-hmm. They're doing one thing by allowing Ron Paul in because they're scared of what will happen if they don't, because the amount of support for Ron Paul is so Great. The big media, um, the big media organizations can badmouth Ron Paul all the way in the White House. As far as I'm concerned, um, I, I don't. You know, the American people know that uh, we've been misled by media up to this point. You know, 
it, it it's just you know they just want blood they just want to see a fight and i don't see that uh, I, I, there's enough people out there to get ron paul elected um in this and for sure especially yeah. the silent majority that doesn't vote if they catch wind of Ron Paul, they'll get pretty excited about that because mm. they got really excited about Jesse Ventura in uh, – Ross the, Perot would have won if he hadn't have flipped out on the ninja probably, thing. Probably. Uh, but when the, when the silent majority, those who don't ever vote or because they just don't feel like there's a candidate they're interested in, when they get wind of Ron Paul, then uh, they're going to get pretty excited because that's what got Jesse Ventura elected. The fact that the media had to pay attention to him. Because he, in his case, he was a celebrity. And the fact that he was espousing a relatively libertarian platform. Not anywhere near as libertarian as Ron Paul. And people overwhelmingly showed up at the polls day of, because Minnesota had same-day registration, which I wish more states had. But people, people just turned out at the polls and voted for this guy when all of the pundits were saying he didn't have a chance. Sure, he's, he's a wrestler. Forget it. Right. Never, ne- never, never going to have a chance. Well, Ron Paul's one... Um, you know, has won uh, his House seat in the Republican, you know, Republican House seat for for several years running. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Rob in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rob. Rob. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I'd like to bring up two points, if I may. Yes, sir. Okay, first, I'd like to say that I noticed when I was watching the debate last night that they asked uh, the candidates a question where they kind of went down the line thing, like they did the first debate. Mm-hmm. And they completely skipped over Ron Paul several times when they did this. They skipped him? Yeah, like they didn't they didn't even go to his answer, like on abortion and stuff like that. They basically went to every every the candidate and they skipped Ron Paul when his turn came up. Wow. I again I didn't see the full debate, so uh Yeah, I'll yeah, they basically just skipped right over him. Amazing. Uh, yeah, you their look debate. up the transcript. Yeah, read over the transcript. And my second point is I recommend that Mayor Giuliani, former Mayor Giuliani of New York, and mind you, um, go pick up a copy of Blowback by Charles Johnson. This was written in 1999, basically explaining the whole situation, what they were just talking about last night. Basically pointing out that when you meddle in other countries, uh, when, a go- when the government meddles in other countries worldwide, those people there get a little bit angry, and they're going to, uh, to attack back as a result. Violence begets violence. Yeah, exactly. Indeed, yeah, I sir. mean, um, it explains it all right there, and this guy's pretty credible. Thank you for the call, Rob. We appreciate it. Let's continue no and go to Matt in Illinois. You're on the Amplifier line. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. What's on your mind? Uh, we're talking about the Ron Paul situation. I went on uh, online today and looked it up, and I went to a couple of blogs. And it's interesting when you go to the blogs to see all the people who are defending Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. It gives me hope. It makes me think maybe the American people are starting to get it. And uh, the blogs I'm talking about, I went to a couple in particular. One was a New York Times blog called The Caucus, and one was a Washington Post blog called The Fix. And the fact that these people that um, would be reading those papers were defending him really makes you think, because that's not the place I would think they would be defending him. It's a good point. Um, and I mean, look at the look at the numbers on Ron Paul. He's dominating the blogs. Uh, in I think it's worldwide, according to Technorati.com. I mean, people are paying attention. And and the more Ron Paul, the more exposure Ron Paul gets, the more Americans will be able to link, you know, p- put one and one together and figure out what this guy's saying. Because I'm sure there's a number of Americans who, like Rudy Giuliani last night, had that sort of righteous indignation 
when they heard this when they got when they heard the suggestion that it's the American government's fault that 9/11 happened because they meddled around the world. Um, I'm sure there was a lot of righteous indignation, but as as Ron Paul continues to be able to propagate his message over and over again, that repetition eventually it's going to start dawning on people. Eventually they're going to start nodding their heads and saying, you know what, maybe. Maybe that guy's now, right I'm about not prepared, that. I'm not prepared to say that it's entirely the American government's fault that we got attacked on 9/11. Uh, but um, you know, like I, I consider Who else Osama, fault I consider it? Osama bin Laden kind of like a rattlesnake. Rattlesnake, I, I don't consider a good thing. But if you stick your hand in with the rattlesnake, you've got really no one to blame but yourself for getting bit. Matt, final thoughts. Uh, well, I what Mark just said was right and. Uh, again, these people, they're saying Ron Paul was right last night. They're, they're talking about how he, what he said was exactly right, that the Americans did, uh, in a sense, bring it on themselves through their interventionist pol- policies. I'm really looking forward to Ron Paul being able to really get into more of his, his positions on the IRS and the Federal Reserve and other, other things that so many uh, pundits are going to find outrageous. Or on the way, you can take control. Thanks for the call, Matt. Uh, this is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free. Though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by going out and perhaps voting for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Cast your vote for the program. I don't know. We're doing so great this month. We're, we're number one. I'm not sure what our lead is. I haven't looked in a, in a few days, but it's usually fairly tenuous. It's usually a, a fairly close lead, so we need as many votes as we can get. But we are number one at the moment at podcastalley.com. Well, I was um, checking my little uh, – I have, I have a little program made for me by uh, mm-hmm. a listener, uh, Mobile Digit, and I was checking my ACOS program here, and we're 182 votes ahead of the uh, closest competitor. It's pretty good. It, it's pretty good. I, I could be, we could still use the votes. Right. I don't, le- I don't want us to rest on our laurels here, so head I over mean, to you vote. Know, the, the, the marathon racer that slows down at the end because the second guy was ways behind him, you know, it's kind of like the tortoise and the hare, and yeah. we know who won that one. All right. So um, head over to vote.freetalklive.com. It takes you less than a minute. It's only it's something you can do only once per month, and it is IP checked, just like all these Ron Paul polls have been. Um, but head over to vote.freetalklive.com to thank, cast your vote for the show. And when you're done with that, go to dig.freetalklive.com and dig Free Talk Live, which would be of, uh, of much assistance to us as well. We're talking about Ron Paul, which apparently a lot of people, I mean, people have been calling in all hour to express their outrage at how the major media continues to marginalize and ignore Ron Paul as much as they possibly can and when they do have to when they do have to pay attention to him and you can you're going to you can expect this to continue to happen they're going to have to continue paying attention to Ron Paul because his support is so great because he is doing so well with uh, with the polling numbers so like last night when Hannity and Combs had to pay attention to him all Hannity did was just talk over the guy <laughs> yeah and uh, but, you know, Hannity's he very rude. Hannity's not really uh, good at uh, you know interchanging ideas. He just believes what he believes, and all the rest right. of you people are evil and un-American. Well, so then there's that, and then there's the spin. Then there's the deliberate, uh, e- either deliberate or accidental spin jobs that are going on here, and who knows which one is which. But last night, I think in a Fox News summary of the debate, they summarized Ron Paul's position as saying that our inter- that our non-interventionist policy caused. Uh, 
which is, of course, not true at all. There's no non-interventionist policy in America, and it certainly wasn't what Ron Paul said. Right. They just miss. They just misstated what he said. How can? How can uh, we have a uh, non? How, how can America possibly be non-interventionist when we're in 131 um, nations around the world? We have our military in 131 nations. It's amazing. And oh, by the way, I mentioned that uh, I've 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 heard that the New Hampshire activists have a plan, and I think it's a good one. And if you if you saw the Giuliani slash Ron Paul excerpt from last night mm-hmm. where they sort of went at each other. Paul got a smattering of applause for what he said, mm-hmm. and Giuliani, in his righteous indignation against what Ron Paul said, yep. got a huge amount of applause sure from that did. audience. Now, some are suggesting that the audience was pre-screened and blah, blah, blah. I well, don't know. It's a Republican debate. I That's mean, true. it makes perfectly good sense that it would be people that support the standard Republican line in America true. right now that would be in there. Um, so basically, what I, what, as, as I understand it, the next debate in, I think it's early June, the next debate is going to be right here on our home turf, mm. New Hampshire. And that means that the free staters can get involved. And that means that, uh, from what I understand, people are going to be getting tickets to the debate. Free stater types, liberty-oriented types, Ron Paul supporters going to be getting tickets to the debate to stack the audience there, just like the nationalists stack the audience in South Carolina. So when Ron Paul says something... He'll be the one getting the overwhelming applause. Sounds good to How me. How about that? Yeah. Fox News had an explanation, according to PrisonPlanet.com, for why Ron Paul did so well in their poll, even after the deliberate smear job that constituted their presidential debate. Online activists were skewing the numbers. That was their explanation. Sure, it's got to be online activists. But there's only one problem with that claim. The poll was by text message only, and no online votes were taken. It seems that the neocons, who are hell-bent on destroying anyone other than their neo-lib icon Hillary Clinton, or for whom Fox owner Rupert Murdoch regularly regularly throws fundraisers, will go to any lengths to try and dismiss the massive wave of popular support for Ron Paul, including by lying outright in claiming the Internet votes swung the vote for Paul when no Internet votes were even taken. This moron also states that Romney won the MSNBC poll after the first debate. He's talking about the uh, Fox News pundit that was mm-hmm. making that claim, which is another complete lie. Ron Paul won that poll, hands down. Neocon blog sites like Little Green Footballs are now removing Ron Paul from their polls because too many people are voting for him. This is not a result of one person voting multiple times, as in all the online po- as in all of the online polls. Only vote one. Only allow one vote for IP ad, per IP address. Right, and, and I think it's hilarious how a news outlet might discount its own poll, yep. um, saying that people, you know, suggesting that people voted more than once. When it's that, e- you know, it's very easy. To, we have polls on our website, and we IP check. It's not like it's that hard. It's very easy to IP check. No big deal. Well, they are talking about the technical aspects behind the poll. You could now you can bet that if it were Mitt Romney and uh, those other guys that were leading in the polls. They would be crowing about how, oh, this is this is a Fox News Internet poll. Now, while not scientific, it is IP checked, which means you can only vote once. They'd be uh, pointing that out if mm-hmm. it weren't Ron Paul that uh, that was winning. So there, so there are websites that are just pulling Paul off of their polls because he's getting too many votes, and they don't like that. And so the operators of those sites uh, just simply don't like Ron Paul and have chosen to ignore reality and pretend he doesn't exist. Right. Hillbilly heroin popping walrus Rush Limbaugh also accused Ron Paul supporters of spamming online polls on his radio show. These people don't seem to be able to grasp the meaning of the term IP address and how online polls are designed to block multiple votes from one person. Here's a newsflash to all you chicken hawk fake conservatives. Political campaigns and elections are about people getting involved and having their voices heard. 
It's called the democratic process. More individuals are motivated to vote for Ron Paul over establishment bootlickers like Romney and Giuliani because Ron Paul actually stands for something and represents the majority view of the people living in the United States. This is not cheating or skewing the vote. It's a reflection of popular opinion. And just because it feels good for you to ignore that fact, God forbid it pop your phony little neocon bubble, doesn't mean it's not the truth. And that goes back to uh, a psychological concept that we've discussed here on Free Talk Live, and that is, you know, when something, some sort of evidence, in this case, polling numbers, flies in the face of, of what you think is reality flies in the face of your belief system, of right. what you want Firmly to see. Firmly held beliefs. This isn't just ordinary beliefs. Right. You, um, you, uh, the, you will reject that. You'll reject it outright. It doesn't matter how legitimate it is. It doesn't matter how, it, how interesting it is. You'll just reject it because it threatens your belief system. And that's what you're seeing here is the establishment is rejecting Ron Paul as much as they possibly can because they just don't believe that, the, that this is what the American people could want. Right. They couldn't possibly believe the American people could possibly want something that they're not telling them that they want. You know, that, that, that if the media isn't telling the American people um, that this is what you should t- accept as true, they can't believe the American people can think for themselves. Ron Paul clearly won the debate and heads up, in every, heads up every poll taken other than Fox News' suspicious closed-door three-hour text message-only charade in which Paul came in second behind Mitt Romney after a mysterious sudden swing in the last 20 minutes. Yes. Now, Prison Planet's claiming that they only did three hours... Of voting when you had said last night they were going to keep it open until twelve thirty. That's so what, the, it sounds that's what like they, they said on their early. website was um, from nine to twelve thirty a. And it does sound. And uh, if you look at uh, the snapshots um, uh, hour by hour, Paul was ahead until uh, the last twenty minutes. I don't know about the last twenty minutes, but he was cert- I can that's verify what saying in here. fact that he was ahead till the last um, hour. Vote.com has the Texas congressman way ahead of the pack at 63%, and a WorldNet Daily poll, which, I mean, WorldNet Daily is a total neocon. Um, yeah, absolutely. Lurking ground also shows Paul on the top uh, in front of uh, pro-torture acolyte Tom Tancredo at 32%. So he's winning all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's continue with the phone calls. Let's talk to John in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, John. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind tonight? <coughs> Pardon me. I got a bit of a cold. All right, sir. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, just a couple of quick points. Uh, you can fake IP uh, addresses. Uh, evil people are notoriously known to, as incompetent. So, you know, evil is a level of ignorance. So hopefully evil people won't be able to uh, figure that out. But IP numbers can be fake. But it clearly, takes some effort. It, it, it's not, the, it's not the easiest thing yeah. in the world. And hold on just a second before you go on. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And it takes time between each vote to change your IP address. To suggest yeah. that somebody could um, sit at their computer and vote a thousand times. I no. mean, it, it, when you when you start taking a look at how much time that would take, yeah. is it it, well, it, it puts there, it in there the are area ways of going about it. But you got to be a bit of a computer genius. So you know, you got to write the program or write the script to do it. And I don't there, know. There well, and Romney's people, people and those other guys. Can, listen, they can do it too. I well, mean, it's you, not just Ron Paul supporters that can change IP addresses. No, Anybody I know, can. But my point is, is that evil people, people who want to torture innocent people to death as evildoers, are generally incompetent. They have no talent, no skill. That's mm. why they, they don't want free market. They don't want people to communicate freely because they lose. I it's, like those who say, it's like those who say bin Laden did 9-11. The only thing that keeps that lie going is censorship. You won't allow... You know anybody to say what the FBI's formal conclusions are by following the crime scene? Well, now Bin Laden himself is sort of uh, you know taking well, uh, taking you know, blame for it, and, and know, it makes sense. Do you want to follow the crime scene leads, or do you want to uh, take stories from whoever, some neocon? I really don't care who uh, did 9/11. Bin Laden said All he did I care 9/11. about. And then when you review 
the, the fake Bin Laden. He doesn't even say that either. John, we thanks for the, the call. We appreciate it. Hour number two is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. And that does include, by the way, the archives. Entire year's worth of the show waiting for you. Front page, freetalklive.com. Let's jump right into the phone calls. Talk to Sam in Texas on the amplifier line. Hey, Sam. Hey, gentlemen. What's on your mind? I have been at my uh, Flying Without ID activism, and I took several trips in the last three weeks. Great. Learned a few things that I wanted to share with you guys as well as some of the experiences. Sure. So typically when I've done it, and it's been about uh, probably 12 times now, uh, it's been on American Airlines. Mm -hmm. Whereas this time I flew on AirTran last week and went up to the counter, told the lady that, you know, I don't wish to fly with ID. I'd rather volunteer to be a selectee. Now that I've done it a few times, I'm kind of really comfortable with the process, so I've gotten a little more aggressive in what I say to the ticketing agents okay. and explain to them that, you know, pretty much I refuse to show ID just to see what they'll do. Right. So I'm kind of pushing the limits a little bit. And uh, she <laughs> she checked me in as a selectee, didn't like it, was getting a little aggravated, and then once we were complete, I was ready to walk off, but she decided that she needed to escort me over to the TSA checkpoint. <laughs> and so we're discussing it on the way, and I'm explaining, you know, why I'm doing it in violation of the Fourth Amendment, so forth. And she just tells me, well, you're just stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's I, not a way to make friends, for your opinion, baby. Yeah, and then, you know, as we get to the, to the uh, checkpoint where they're actually asking for the ID, she... After that says, you know, if you don't show ID, I can pull you off the flight. And I had just walked past the lady without showing her ID, so I realized, you know, she had gotten a little emotional and just ended the uh, interaction there. Hmm. But then she told, she saw one of the TSA agents and yelled, make sure you search him. He didn't show ID. Search him. Wow. (laughs) That's unusual. I mean, I wouldn't expect that the airline employee would act in that manner. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. And, And I get both extremes. I get people like that that just go nuts. And then I get people, uh, the lady before, the week before, told me, she, she stopped and talked to me for like five minutes afterwards really? and explained, you know, what I was doing and why I was doing it. Talked about how her kids had gotten uh, a request to produce ID to the police mm-hmm. and explained to them that that was a search and that they need to stand up to that kind of thing. Wow, so, that's fantastic. So now this week on Delta... I flew out and uh, did the same thing, but this time the Delta airline ticketing agent was also just not very friendly towards this idea and mm. basically refused me a uh, flight. Really? So, yeah, would not let me on the flight. Uh, we went through a lot of questions and things, <clears throat> and uh, I eventually said, look, there's no federal law that says that I have to show ID to get on a plane. But they can they can set that rule as a, you know, a private business. So did you end up showing it to them? And that that's exactly what they did. I see. And I I did show it to them and then I went and looked up online and apparently they don't like musicians either. People who carry their guitars on board, 
they want to charge them an extra ticket or make them check it. Because mm-hmm. mm. I was doing a search under you know other selective things. Right, because your guitar can get smashed in the uh, cargo hold, and I can understand why somebody would would not want to check it. Exactly. Now, then when I got to Atlanta, I realized why I think this airline has chosen kind of a uh, to take the government line on security. Mm-hmm. And that's there were, Delta does a lot of flights for the soldiers back and forth in Iraq, and they come into Atlanta quite a bit. Well, what they do is they actually line them up into a uh, two single-file lines, march them into the main courtyard, and everybody starts clapping. Hmm. And I just thought, that that's just sick. And hmm. I, I mean, it's... I support the troops by demanding that they be brought out of harm's way and brought home. Yeah. Not by clapping for them and saying, oh, good job, we support you, kind of thing. Yeah, I understand. Now, let me ask a uh, quick, quick question. Um, have you got, uh, have you purchased for yourself a security edition? I have not. The little bill of rights thing yeah, that it's, goes through. It's a, for those that don't know, you can go to securityedition.com, and it's really affordable. It's a, like five bucks or maybe less than that. And what you, what you get is you get uh, this essentially the metal version of the Bill of Rights. It's a, it's a hard piece of metal with the Bill of Rights emblazoned upon it. The Fourth Amendment happens to be in red, so it's highlighted. And, uh, and it's something that will easily fit into a front shirt pocket or any pocket that, uh, that you might have on your clothing or your purse, ladies. Um, and that way, I mean, since you're pushing the limits already, you might as well go all the way and get yourself a security edition. That way, when you go through the secondary screening, they'll inevitably find this uh, bill of rights on you. Oh, it's I'm squint. usually quoting it to them or telling them their service is horrible and really? what plans do they have to improve it. And they just look at me puzzled and say, well, if they'd stop bringing water bottles through. So I explained how that's a fallacy and has been debunked. And, you know, they just don't seem to get it. Right. The other thing I found out was, okay, if you go in and use a credit card to check in with the self-check-in, right. uh, you get your boarding pass, and it won't have the S's on it. And when you go over to security, they will not let you through, because I tried this after the, uh, the Delta lady refused to let me fly mm-hmm. and said, look, they won't, they won't put the S's on. I don't have my ID. Can you just let me through? And, you know, acted like I was stressed out and all these things, and he just would not do it, which to me says that the government wants to know that I'm a selectee, and they want a record of that, but they're too lazy to, or inefficient to do it themselves, so they huh. force the airlines to do it, and then get the uh, data from the airlines. Maybe so, because when I, when I did the uh, the check-in thing, when I tried flying without ID, um, I did the little credit card swipe thing and got the got the boarding pass, and they just wrote the S's on there. The mm-hmm. the woman at the, the, I guess, I don't remember which woman it was. I think it was the airline lady. She was the one. I told her that I wasn't going to be showing ID today, and mm-hmm. she, she double-confirmed that with me, and then she wrote on there the four S's. So, I don't know. Maybe I guess it's just different, a little bit different everywhere. Sam, That's thanks strange. for the story, man. We appreciate it. And keep up the good work. And let, and let us know if anything changes or you have any more interesting experiences. And, and good luck. Thank you. 800-259-9231. You know, that takes a lot. I think I, I think that takes a lot of courage. I mean, to, to fly without showing identification, to throw yourself to the wolves, so to speak. I think that's. I think there's a lot of Americans that, that couldn't even fathom doing what Sam has done. And I certainly I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, you know, you didn't do it. No, I won't. I mean, you know, I want to get through the airline. You know, that's, that's what I want to do. You had to stand and wait as I uh, went through. Right, the I, I had screening. to stand and wait. But didn't you really know, save you any time. To, if somebody wants to sit there and listen to a lecture from me about the Second Amendment or the for, the Fourth Amendment, I'll be happy to give it to them. But I'm yeah. I'm I'm getting through here. Thank you very much. There you go. I didn't get on this. Uh, f- I didn't uh, book this flight because I want to sit here in the airport and. 
deal with uh, TSA agents. Quick story. Cops arrest a 13-year-old girl for writing on her desk. New York City police... And you've actually got a New York City story maybe to follow this up, Mark. New York City police arrested a 13-year-old girl because she wrote the word OK on her desk. According to WCBS-TV, Chelsea Frazier was arrested a few weeks ago in Brooklyn. She says she was made to empty her pockets and then take off her belt. Then she was handcuffed and let off the, uh, let out of the school in front of her classmates and placed in the back of a police car. Mm-hmm. Police say Frazier was held for three hours. She faces charges of criminal mischief and making graffiti. Quote, my daughter just wrote something on a desk. I would have her scrub it off with soft scrub on a Saturday morning when she could be out playing and maybe a day of in-house and a formal apology to the principal, said her completely reasonable mother. That makes perfectly good sense to me. Uh, and, and then, I mean... This Arresting is, a child for drawing on a desk? Is, I mean... Who it, could support this? No, it's nuts. I wonder if she's going to have a record. Well, I mean, she's being it's charged. Being, everybody else who gets arrested has a record, right? Criminal mischief and making graffiti. I mean, those sound like some pretty serious charges. Now, you were just telling me, I guess, during one of the breaks, Mark, that you've got a story, I believe it's out of New York City, that's uh, that's now they're expanding their DNA database. So maybe this young lady is going to get caught up in that, too. They're going to swab the inside of her mouth for her DNA in case she uh, decides to uh, write on a desk someplace else. Yeah. They could. What's could going be a on? Serial, uh, serial uh, uh, graffitier. Um, New York Governor Spitzer plans to expand the DNA database. New York Governor Elliot Spitzer. Oh, this is the entire to, state of New York. Yes, okay. wants to broaden the state's DNA database to include DNA taken from people found guilty of any misdemeanor. The uh, New York Times has more on the idea. There's uh, now. Let's take a look at the, the New York penal law to see. Who might get a cheek swab from New York State under the proposed rules? Mm-hmm. A person who makes unreasonable noise or disturbance while at a lawfully assembled religious service or within 100 feet thereof. Mm. Oh, there's all kinds of misdemeanors in New York. Amazing Now, ones. I want to know, does it say what the penalty will be if one refuses the mouth swab? Mm, I'll check that. I'd like to know that. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring in whatever you want. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this... This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, and that does include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean? By head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is Shrine. .freetalklive.com. And do you know if your hard-earned wealth is at risk? If uh, if you have a business, there is a one in three chance you'll be named in a lawsuit in the next year, and that lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless. At keepyourassets.net, they're experts in sheltering what you've earned. Go to keepyourassets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. 1-800-259-9231. We're talking about the cops, uh, specifically the ones in New York State. According to you, Mark, there's a story out there that the attorney general... Is the attorney general? It's the governor. The governor. Governor Spitzer. Uh, the governor would like to make it so that um, if you get busted and arrested for a misdemeanor offense, mm-hmm. maybe possession of a gram of marijuana, that the uh, the government is going to swab your mouth, presumably. Or I, I presume that's the way they'll collect yeah. your DNA. They're going to collect your DNA and put it into their database. 
Now that seems a bit privacy invading to me, and it seems a little, little, a little outrageous. You know, some people, some people would think it's uh, fine and dandy that they should every, they should have DNA from everybody. You, know? you think it'll help you when you get lost and stuff? Yeah. What if you, what if you got amnesia? <laughs> what I want to know is, and you you told me during the break that they they don't answer this question, but I would like to know what's the penalty if you refuse the DNA swap? You can believe I would if uh, I were to be, um, you know. If I were to get a misdemeanor in uh, New York and they wanted to swab my mouth, that is not going to happen. What do you think they would do? Would they hold you down, force your mouth open, and force you to be swabbed? Would they uh, jab you with a needle at that point? They may very well. Uh, it sounds kind of scary. When they took my DNA, they they took blood. Really? Yeah. Well, when was that? Um, Maybe in the mid-90s. Hopefully they don't do that anymore, but uh, nonetheless, that might be your penalty for refusing the DNA swab is a, a jab with a needle. And some people uh, some people are kind of scared by that sort of thing, mm. especially when it's a, in the hands of a cop. I remember a story from a couple of years ago. The Utah Highway Patrol was being trained on how to take blood from people on the side of the road. Yeah, I know. They're not even going to get a phlebotanist to do it for you. It's going to be a cop taking yeah. your blood. That's... Uh that doesn't make me feel too good. Speaking of cops, uh, from the Daily Mail in the United Kingdom, when police spotted a gun-wielding suspect lurking in the shadows of a suburban front room, their response was swift. Armed officers burst into the house, shouted at the uh, shouting at the owner to lie on the floor and ordered him to surrender his weapon. But efficiency turned to embarrassment when the gunman turned out to be a life-size model of the video game character Lara Croft, complete oh with trademarked, uh, trademark outsized pistols. Computer shop owner David Williams, 42, had taken the dummy home to put it up for sale on the auction site eBay. As the source of confusion dawned on all concerned, it might have been the moment for an apology from police. Instead, however, Mr. Williams was taken to the cells and held for more than 13 hours. What'd they hold him for? He's now on bail for a suspected firearms offense, and Lara Croft remains impounded as evidence. Oh, my God. He said... They're this, impounding him for a... a, a <laughs> they're impounding the uh, the dummy. No, they're putting him in... They put him in jail for having a cardboard cutout of uh, a video game character? Well, apparently it's like a, a mannequin. Uh, well, still. Right. <laughs> Mr. Williams said, quote, It would have been laughable if it hadn't been so terrifying. One of the police held a gun and yelled, Where's the weapon? Where's the weapon? I didn't have a clue what was going on. I assumed they'd gotten the wrong house. I couldn't believe it when, that I happens real- too. when I realized they'd mistaken a Lara Croft dummy for someone with a gun. Father of two, Mr. Williams, had phoned police after receiving nuisance phone calls, and officers arrived at his house shortly before midnight. He says he didn't hear them arrive, but unknown to him, one officer had seen the dummy's silhouette through the front window mm. and called for armed backup. A silhouette of a dummy that doesn't move. Well, I can kind of understand, but... Um at the same time, I guess somebody with a drawn weapon, you know, if it looks like a human with a weapon, I can understand why the cops would get upset. It's somebody with a drawn weapon. But once they busted into the house and, and they found out that we're talking about a dummy here, I don't think that there's any reason for charges beyond that. Yet they held him for 13 hours in custody. He says uh, he didn't hear them arrive. Soon afterwards, the street was cordoned off, and a team of armed officers burst in through Mr. Williams' back door. So... <laughs> this guy called the cops after receiving nuisance calls, and then they turned it into a SWAT raid. 
They burst into his back door, and a spokesperson for the Greater Manchester Police said officers peered inside after Williams failed to answer his front door. They believe they saw a silhouette of a person pointing to what appeared to be a firearm in the house. They followed correct procedure by awaiting, uh, withdrawing to await armed officers. Officers then went into the house and they found a mannequin holding a toy weapon. Mr. Williams, who says he's speaking to lawyers about a possible claim for wrongful arrest, will hear whether he faces further action when he answers bail next month. So there you go. More police completely overreacting. Uh, not taking the appropriate precautions, and then acting like real thugs when they had the opportunity to just apologize and say we're sorry. Well, they didn't even have to, you know, I can understand not even apologizing. I can understand being ever so slightly indignant, but, you know, like, hey, you know, you, the dummy should be in a closet or something like that. I see what you're saying. But I can barely understand that. It, barely. It seemed to be the human thing to do to apologize for making a, such a blatant error. It's not a blatant error. Yes, it is. A dummy with a gun in its hand that doesn't move. Well, it's a it's a silhouette permanently. I mean, if it had a light behind it and it was casting a silhouette under the window, which is what it sounds like, then wouldn't you figure that you know maybe if it was a real person with a real weapon, they might move after you're sitting there watching it and peering in the window? No. What if that person's waiting to shoot the cops when they come in the door? Right. Anyway, I'm just saying that, you know, once they found out, that's when it should have been the the whole situation should have been over. But they're the cops. and They can do what they want. Let's talk to Dennis in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Dennis. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's on your mind? Well, I wanted to talk about real ID. Okay. The the bill that would uh, opt New Hampshire out of real ID was heard in the Senate today. Ah. And uh, I counted 36 people showed up to to support the bill that would tell the feds where to go with their real ID. Okay. And I counted zero people in the room supporting real ID. Fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see a lot of the people there are people that I know because I'd say at least half of them are free staters, mm-hmm. and half of the other half are people who are, I guess you could say, free stater sympathizers. So it was pretty neat to see. Excellent. The most awesome testimony was given by a guy who was a retired Air Force officer. Mm-hmm. He was telling us about how he'd served in World War II and Vietnam, and he had top secret clearance um, during that time. And he pointed out in exactly these words that the first step to control the population is through registration. It's true. Which I thought was pretty impressive coming from a guy who's top secret clearance Air Force officer. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Absolutely. I guess that went over pretty well with uh, with the pub uh, with the representatives there, the senators rather. I think so. I think so. Um, speaking of free stater sympathizers, uh, the gun lobby here in New Hampshire are very powerful because they have people who, when the boot hits the ground, they will show up and they will make the phone calls. They will show up at the state house. Uh, that's why the gun lobbies have enormous sway. Excellent. If, you, if you've got more about what's going on in the state, hang on. 800-259-9231. More with uh, Dennis. He's one of the guys behind the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. Always something interesting happening. I think coming up next week, there's going to be a seatbelt law that's going to be reviewed. More about that. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, including the wiki. Over 1,300 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. And wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that's gained world attention. Nevergetbusted.com. Let's continue with Dennis in New Hampshire. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Dennis. Hey, guys. So uh, what else is going on here in New Hampshire that our listeners should know about? Well, you're probably referring to the proposed change that would give New Hampshire a seatbelt law like the other 49 states. Yeah, yeah yes. that would be awful. That's what they're I looking at. I agree. That would be awful. That legislation is really on a knife edge. Um, it, it could passed, go one way or the other. It could go one way or the other. It passed the House of Representatives by a sliver. Mm-hmm. I think it was seven votes or something crazy like that. And right. That's a house That's a house that's uh, 400 and something people strong, right? Yeah. And in the Senate, it totally depends on two or three different senators who are Democrats but are really on the fence about this issue. It depends on how much they hear from their constituents. Right, and it's coming down to, I guess, uh, a vote next week, correct? Or is it a hearing next week? What's happening next week? Uh, the final public hearing, the final opportunity for the people is on Monday of next week. So a lot of groups are coming together on that. Hey, one thing I wanted to share again about the... Uh, the real ID hearing, which had some just awesome testimony. One of the uh, guys who testified um, against real ID in favor of the bill that would block it was from the uh, group called Pro Gun New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and he had a very insightful thing to say. He, I think, was talking to the Democrats on the committee. He said, "You know, gun owners are not right-wing authoritarians; they're part of the liberty movement." And I thought it was great to hear a guy identify himself as part of the quote-unquote liberty movement. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. We need more of that. Absolutely. So now is... is uh, Go ahead. There was another guy there from Keene. Mm -hmm. I thought you'd find that interesting. The guy, no one had ever seen him before. He's a cab driver. He heard about the real ID hearing somewhere. I have no idea where or how. But he pointed out he had he had no idea like what the process was or what he should say or do. But he had taken the time out of his day, driven all the way to Concord from Keene, and just wanted to let the senators know that he didn't think it was a good idea for us to have real ID. Wow. And that was just awesome. Great. Maybe he's uh, been to my website, freekeene.com. You never know. Uh, it could very well be. Now, are you guys uh, behind the organization to plant as many free staters and liberty lovers in the Ron Paul in the uh, upcoming debate in early June as possible? Is that something you guys are working on? The, the Liberty Alliance really focuses just on New Hampshire stuff. Gotcha. So technically, the Ron Paul campaign being United States and, and all of the United States craziness is outside of that scope. But uh, that said, a lot of people who are in the NHLA are also people who are supporting Ron Paul. There you go. Well, Dennis, keep up the good work. I, I sincerely hope that we do manage to get quite a few supporters out there in the uh, the, the debate, because it would be great to have uh, people cheering for Ron Paul the way they were cheering for Giuliani and during his uh, emotional diatribe. I think it can be done. I mean, there's only so many seats that they're going to have in whatever the location is, and 
If our guys get there first, then uh, we win. Thanks for the call, Dennis. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You know, I actually just was getting ready to uh, do an email from Dennis. We'll do that here in a bit. It's about something completely different. It's called Learned Helplessness, another one of those neat little psychological experiments that has been done. We'll tell you about that coming up. But let's go to Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark. Hey, Frank. Ah, hello. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, it's sort sir. of wet in New York tonight. It's a little but I had a couple what, what's on your things mind? I wanted to say. I enjoyed the discourse regarding Ron Paul. And first of all, I want to say that I'm uh, not at all unhappy that Jerry Falwell, you know, isn't uh, with us tonight. However, being a theologian, I would be very fearful uh, if I were in his shoes at the present moment. He's uh, dead. But enough said about that. Well, uh, regarding Ron Paul, it's very interesting to see, you know, grassroots support uh, being at least uh, acknowledged. My worry is this, that I've heard that Ron Paul said he will not accept any matching federal campaign contributions. Oh, okay. I believe the Republicans and Democrats in the uh, party debates that will be scheduled over the next year are going to use that fact to discriminate against candidates. Why? So How? I would assume that if Ron Paul wants to attempt to make a good run for the presidency, he and his uh, uh, organization had better start to apply for matching federal Wait a minute. campaign. How, is that? How are they going to be able to use that against him? That's a, that's a principled position to take, and it's the same position that Harry Brown took in 1996 and 2000. Yeah, but remember, the parties can actually, uh, that are handling the debates among the party members, can set the agenda. And you'll recall on Friday that Michael Bloomberg in New York said that he'd be willing to spend a billion dollars of his own money uh, in a presidential bid. So I think that's kind of interesting as well. But enough said. I just want to say this, too. We have to be very careful uh, that, in a sense, you know, Ron Paul isn't perceived by the establishment as a spoiler, uh, like Ross Perot was when he ran. Hmm. And um, I haven't you know, seen I that, that yet. From what my, from what I can tell, the perception uh, by the establishment is that this guy's a kook, and uh, and he's not. He doesn't have any real support. That's how they're playing it off so far. But also, I don't understand. You didn't really answer my question, Frank. As far as how it is that Ron Paul not taking matching federal funds could be a detriment to him. How could that be? Because I believe the Republican Party and the Democratic Party that are handling the debates of their candidates during the. Uh, primaries that we're seeing on cable television mm -hmm. and things, they actually set the agenda so they can actually make requirements. And I think that's actually you're what's saying going to happen. If, wait a minute. Are you saying that if he doesn't take the matching funds, they'll say, well, you, yeah, you can't come in on debate? Yeah, they'll say he's not a serious candidate. They'll say that he's huh. not a serious candidate. Therefore, uh, they don't want him to participate. I and that's see. actually, you know, happened in the past. Yeah. But one thing in Ron Paul's favor is this. Uh, on Friday, uh, the CIA World Factbook released their new uh, supplement. And in it, these are just some real economic figures that the CIA has brought out. China is the number one nation of 161 nations with a, with a bonus of $179,100,000,000. The United States ranks last as the 161st country with a loss uh, or a negative of $862,300,000,000. How is that number uh, attained? What does that represent? I guess it represents the debt, debt. load or the trade surplus 
of the various nations. Huh. So it's very interesting, and I, I think you could you know check that out at the CIA World Factbook because they just did the uh, new supplement for the quarter, which was May 10th. So, so I think anyone that would challenge Ron Paul's uh, fiscal perspective regarding the creation of capital and the errors within our uh, Federal Reserve would do well to actually look at the, uh, the CIA's current own source book on yeah. the status of nations with their surpluses or deficits. Frank, and as I would always, say thank this, it's going to be a tough road for any president to hoe after Bush. That's and, true. Uh, that's all I want to say, gentlemen. Frank, Thanks for watching the program. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. You know, he brings up an interesting point about them excluding Ron Paul from the debates because he won't take the magic funds. I don't know if they'll be successful in that. I mean... I don't know at what not. point. I don't know at what point those funds will become available. I'm not sure when that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but by that point, he's going to be even more popular than he is today. And Likely. if you try to exclude Ron Paul at a later point, then there there's going to be a just a, a rush of people that are going to uh, be calling Fox and MSNBC and all those other uh, other people, and they're gonna they're gonna let him have it. So I don't know. That's an interesting perspective, and it's certainly they'll certainly do whatever they can to marginalize Ron Paul. We've seen that already, but the, it's going to get more and more difficult for them to do on the way. I mean, as as things progress, and the fact is, it's a principled position to take. This is an issue that actually a lot of libertarians disagree on. And I disagree. I, I disagree that if it's going to cause you any problems, um, to do it. I mean, I, I don't think that that you should take uh, government charity unless you absolutely have to. But if you have to to win, yes. Well, the question is, does he have to to win? I don't think that he does. And otherwise, it's a principled issue. We'll talk about that coming back. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, though we do ask you voluntarily support the show. And one of the ways you can do that is by buying my house. Uh, go to house. <laughs> freetalklive.com. I don't know why you find this so funny, Mark. I have a uh, you know an audience of thousands here that I can advertise my property to, uh, and I'm going to do it. In fact, I've reduced my price yet again. I'm I'm going to, uh, far below market value at this. You point. really are. I've seen the price that you're uh, you're asking. One hundred and seventy-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars Get you a three bedroom, two bath home, minutes away from the beach in sunny Sarasota, Florida. And the home has been seriously remodeled. There's been a lot of renovations that uh, that have been been done to it. Uh, brand new bathrooms, remodeled kitchen, brand new windows uh, put in back in 2004. I, I spent a lot of time, a lot of money on this particular home, and I'm going to take a huge loss on it right now. If you're the if you're the buyer, 175,000. Get all the details at house.freetalklive.com. That'll put you in touch with my realtor if you have any questions, or you can just email me, house. .freetalklive.com. <laughs> and the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. Now, don't you laugh. It's a nice house, Mark. It's a very nice house. I, would not, I, I, I wouldn't disparage the house in the least. You, you watch. I you're just you're laughing now. If somebody buys that house from hearing it on Free Talk Live, you're going to be coming to me asking for airtime for your house that you're selling, aren't you? Well, I'm not going to sell yeah. mine below market like you're selling yours. I, I mean, you're, you're, you'll sell yours at a loss at this point just in order to get out of it. Yeah, that's true. And it, you really are. I, I totally agree with that. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 
13th through the 24th at Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars, as well as socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. A lot of the people that you hear call this show, like Dennis in New Hampshire... Uh, Dave, I think he's probably going to be there as well. A lot of those people that you hear calling Free Talk Live, they're going to be at Porkfest. So you get to meet them, too. Of course, we're going to be there as well, uh, broadcasting live on Saturday night. It's a week-long event. Go up for as much or as, uh, as much of it as you can attend because it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing as many of our listeners as, uh, as we can get up there at Porkfest. So speaking of uh, Dennis, I actually got an email in from him on learned helplessness. Now we talk about we've talked about some pretty interesting psychological studies that have been done over time, and and this is one of them that I wasn't really uh, too familiar with. He says he believes this has serious implications from society uh, for society. Martin Sigelman's foundation experiments and theory of learned helplessness began at the University of Pennsylvania back in 1965 as an extension of his interest in depression. When at first, quite by accident. Uh, Seligman and colleagues discovered a result of conditioning of dogs that was opposite to what B.F. Skinner's behaviorism would have predicted. A dog that had earlier been repeatedly conditioned to associate a sound with electric shocks did not try later in another setting to escape the electric shocks after that sound and a flash of light was presented, even though all the dog would have had to do is jump over a low divider within 10 seconds, more than enough time to respond. The dog didn't even try to avoid the aversive stimulus. The dog had previously learned that nothing it did mattered. A follow-up experiment involved three dogs affixed in harnesses. The first dog was simply put in the harness for a period of time and later released. The second dog was put in the harness and given electric shocks, which the dog could end if it pressed a lever. The third dog was wired in parallel with the second dog, receiving shocks of identical intensity and duration, but his lever didn't do anything. Poor guy. The first and second dogs quickly re- uh, recovered from the experience, but the third dog learned to be helpless and suffered chronic symptoms of clinical depression. A slightly different experiment was conducted where two groups of dogs... They know what clinically depressed dogs look like? Apparently so. Okay. Uh, conducted where two groups of dogs were put in hammocks. One group was given shocks and were able to make them stop. The other group was unable to stop the shocks. Later, they were put in a room that was divided in half by a low barrier. One group of dogs were given a flash of light, preceding electric shocks by 10 seconds, enough time for them to jump over the barrier in order to escape the shocks. The other group were given shocks, but as they had learned helplessness from the previous experiment, they just lay down and whined. And even though they could have escaped the shocks, they didn't try. Other experiments were performed with different animals with similar results. In all cases, the strongest predictor of a depressive response was lack of control over the negative stimulus. An additional experiment. You following all this so far? I, I, I think I am. An additional experiment presented by Finkelstein and Ramy consisted of two groups of babies. One group was placed into a crib with a sensory pillow. Designed- They're shocking babies. I don't think so. Okay. Designed so that the movement of the baby's head could control the rotation of the mobile. The other group had no control over the movement of the mobile and was only able to enjoy looking at it. After a period of time, both groups of babies were exposed to the crib with the power for them to control the movement of the mobile. It was discovered that the babies who had not learned that they had the power to change the movement of the mobile did not try to learn that they now had the agency to do so. I see. So once they've been sort of um, taught along the way, they've learned along the they've way that they had no control. They've been conditioned, and they have no control of the mobile. They couldn't learn 
um, or didn't learn after that that they could have control of the mobile. Exactly. They were they were they essentially were placed in a mental box, and they they were not able to remove themselves from it. The babies without the previous power had learned to be helpless in their previous situation, which now led to after effects of that lack of control. A similar experiment was done with people performing mental tasks in the presence of distracting noise. If the person had a switch that would turn off the noise, his performance improved, even though he rarely bothered to turn off the noise. Simply being aware of the ability to do so was enough to substantially counteract its distracting effect. So, noise, you know that if you hit the switch, it'll go away, Mm -hmm. but... Because you know that, in your head, that somehow allows you to better ignore the noise. That's very interesting. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Not all of the dogs, by the way, in Seligman's experiments, however, became helpless. Of the roughly 150 dogs in experiments in the latter half of the 60s, about one-third did not become helpless, but instead somehow managed to find a way out of the unpleasant situation in spite of their past experience with it. Now remember, the dogs were being shocked. And there was a certain segment of these dogs that were just receiving shocks with no way to put a stop to it. Right. Some could control the shocks and stop them, and they learned to do that. Right. The ones that um, you know, didn't have the opportunity to be able to, to control the shocks. They became pathetic. They became depressed. They, uh, like, like many humans would, right. uh, were they in that situation. And when they had the, the opportunity to learn how to control the shocks, then they, they didn't could. do it. They didn't do it because they had been conditioned not to be able to. They, they laid down and cried instead of actually try, instead of continuing to try to, uh, you know, to, instead of continuing to push back and continuing to fight against the uh, the tyranny, if you will, that was being foisted upon them. But it, as it turns out, again, a, um, a, about a third of those dogs didn't become completely helpless and continued to try to to escape the shocks. The corresponding characteristic in humans has been found to correlate highly with optimism. However. Not a naive Pollyanna optimism, but an explanatory style that views the situation as other than personal, pervasive, or permanent. This distinction between people who adapt and those who break down under long-term psychological pressure was also studied in the 1950s in the realm of brainwashing. So, according to the numbers, there's a certain percentage of people that no matter how much they're pushed, they're willing to continue pushing back. But the bad news is, most animals and most people will just throw in the towel. They'll become pathetic losers. They'll give up. They'll allow themselves to be shocked. Well, they'll allow themselves to be abused. If that's their nature, that's their nature. It's true. And that is their nature. And that's sad. It's, it's, it's sad because we could be so much more were we not being, uh, were we not being constantly shocked or beaten down by the, the government that, uh, that we're in today. Think about all the boxes that government puts people in. All the mental constrictions and uh, and restrictions that government education has uh, has put people into. Government education has done a brilliant job of taking minds and numbing them, putting the these these human minds that have so much potential in these government boxes that say, you know, government is great, government is good, uh, whatever government does is you can right. Fix any problem. Government is wonderful. It's the most uh, benevolent uh, human association. Blah blah blah. All the all the propaganda that people are just force fed in government schools, and most people absorb it, and they never question it for the rest of their lives. However, there are those few that do actually say, "Hey, wait a minute," you know, they come at they come across an opportunity where uh, where they're able to question the government, and uh, something clicks. Something you know, something in their brain that hadn't previously clicked does. 
And hey, that might be that so third rated everything. Why don't we have a socialist government here in the United States where the government does everything, grows the food, um, you know, operates the grocery stores, sells sells and manufactures the car like they did in, Soviet, in the Soviet Union, where the government was in, in charge of everything. If the government is so good at everything, then why don't we have that? Because the government isn't. Because, right, it's, because it's not. And uh, unfortunately, most people have gotten into this learned helplessness situation where, you know, they don't they don't they believe in government. And they don't believe that anything they do can change anything. You can't fight City Hall. I mean, there's so many different aspects to this of how people have been placed in boxes and they'll never get out unless someone can actually show them the way. And that's what we're trying to do. And many of our listeners are trying to do on a one to one basis. More on the way. Hour three is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. Let's roll right into the phone calls and talk to Brian in Colorado on the amplifier line. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. I was listening to Saturday's show. Yes, sir. And, man, you guys were on fire. That was good radio. Everybody Thank calling you. in, talking about the war and stuff. Thank you. Go uh, ahead, sir. Somebody brought up this uh, mark. They said uh, there's something in the Constitution, a mark or something, and, and that got mark. me to thinking. Yeah, the um, letters of marquee. Right. Uh, letters of mark and reprisal is what, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's oh, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Right. Well, mark is uh, French for a march. Okay. So we're going to march and, and, and uh, gotcha. make, make reprisals. And so, the, the, you know, back then, when they were writing the, writing the Constitution, they had, um, uh, they had, you know, it was kind of a rough, uh, a rough uh, world. And so, uh, they put in there that they put in the Constitution that uh, the Congress shall be able to declare war. And right after that, it says grant letters of mark and reprisal, make rules for concerning capture on land and water, and some other things. Mm-hmm. That's right before where it says that they can appropriate money for an army. But that money shall not last for more than two years. Right, right. Okay, well, we've lost that. Anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> back then, if if a country attacks this country, that's an act of war. Congress can say, okay, we now are now at war with Peru or whatever, and uh, that gives the president the ability to, uh, you know, get money and you know, send troops and all that stuff. Right. That's that's what that means. Well, what happens if uh, a non-country attacks this country? Uh, well, back then, uh, they were called privateers, but the word that we use now is a pirate. Right. Got it. So uh, a letter of mark and reprisal is like declaring war it's a hit. On, on an individual. Yeah, it's a hit. It's a hit. Yeah, it's a hit, man. Right. Hmm. So this letter of mark and reprisal, you'd write this thing up and say, we want the head of this person, you know, dead or alive. Here's the deal, uh, uh, you know, $10,000, uh, you know, what, what, and whatever the, the rules are of that letter. When's the last time they ever did one of those? It's been a while. I can't imagine. But uh, uh, can you imagine uh, if, if Congress did their job? You know, everyone's saying that they should have done their job and declared war. On who? <laughs> there was no yeah. country that attacked uh, the U.S. In, in, on 9-11. Right. 
It well, was if, just I guess pirates. Congress should have done its job if we were going to, in fact, allow an invasion of a country and declare war on that country. Yeah, can you send? Can they take a letter of mark and reprisal and send the military out to enforce that, or is that just a uh, like a bounty? No, that's that's the beauty of it. It's a letter of mark and reprisal, and depending on uh, which law dictionary you read, it's either citizens of the U.S. Uh, can do that or anybody. It, it sounds to me like it's a worldwide thing. It just depends on who you interpret. But that's it. It's basically a bounty. We're putting a, a bounty of this, you know, with these conditions on the head of that person, and the U.S. government stays completely out of it until the head comes back and they pay off. That's it. So they could have done that, uh, theoretically, they could have done that with Osama bin Laden, they could have done that with uh, Saddam Hussein, or whoever else that they wanted. Of course, then again, there's the treaties that the United States has signed that basically says they can't assassinate, um, they oh. can't assassinate uh, other world leaders. This, this, this is outside of that, because it's, it's uh, uh, mercenaries, basically. So it's just a bounty. So if they put a bounty out, that's okay, but they, they themselves cannot go and assassinate. Right, that's exactly why they did this. For, for the, the, the reason why that is in the Constitution is for exactly the case that happened on, on 9-11. Because there was no justification for war, because we weren't attacked by a country, and that, that's why we have this. Uh, but they yes, knew you're, that bad you're guys right. were, were going to be out there attacking the country, but we, you know, who are you going to go after? They knew mm -hmm. it back then. We don't know it now. You know, <laughs> you know no what? Well, what they know now, Brian, is that you know war is the health of the state. If they write up a letter of mark and reprisal for a billion dollars on the head of Osama bin Laden, then that doesn't do anything to enrich uh, Halliburton or to grow the military or allow the government to uh, grow its surveillance state or snitch society or anything like that. You know, this war is, does. It's good for it's good for every lobbyist out there. It doesn't matter whether they're making uh, Patriot missiles or whether they're making MREs or whether they're making pencils or boots. Or or whatever, right. you know, when the military-industrial complex ramps up for an attack, that means a lot of money. Yeah, and they don't get to ramp up for anything if it's a letter of mark and reprisal. Right. Well, hey. exactly, and, and that's that, that's why it's it's there. I mean, you know, I, I went to government school. I guess Ian, you did too. Yes, I, I never did. heard about this. You yep. know, Mark, of course, you you know about it because you went, you didn't go to the government school. No, no, I only know about it just because I um I just looked into it. But yeah, they don't want they don't want you to know this because yes, it's it's it's. Or into the military-industrial complex. Nobody makes any money uh, with this, and, and so why bother with it? Yep. Hey, thank you for bringing that to the table. I'd never actually had that explained to me before. Brian, we appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that's it's neat, and it, it's it's interesting that the founding fathers had a uh, the foresight uh, to do that. The, the foresight to uh, you know plan for something like that, and then we ignored them. Well, I didn't ignore them. Well, the government. The government did. ignored them. Hey, speaking of the government, uh, here's the latest on the D.C. Madam case. Deborah Jean Palfrey, the woman accused of being the D.C. Madam from the Washington Post, can't release any more phone records that would reveal patrons of her Washington escort service, said a federal judge last week. U.S. District Judge Gladys Kessler placed a temporary restraining order on Palfrey and her civil, uh, civil attorney, prohibiting them from sharing additional phone records with news organizations or the public. Palfrey and her attorney had prompted... Uh, had prompted critics said encouraged speculation in the past few months about who might be publicly identified as a client after they turned over a sizable portion of her business phone records to ABC News. Palfrey had said that she regretted any embarrassment felt by her former customers, but that she was letting a news organization mine her records so she could find potential defense witnesses and fight government charges that she ran an illegal prostitution ring. Palfrey said her escorts provided legal massages and fantasies. Yesterday, 
She questioned the government's motive in asking the judge to keep her record secret, saying, what is the government trying to hide by prohibiting further distribution of the records? More importantly, who are they attempting to protect? And I would, you know, I would hope this woman had given all of them to ABC News before, before this. Right. It, they're so slow, so slow on these things. The government is on, on stuff like this. Um, you know, they didn't they get they enjoined her from actually selling them to That's correct. a news agency, which they figured, oh, that'll take care of it. And it, it's typical of bureaucrats and people that get the you know get their paychecks from uh, the government in general is you know just sort of half half done work. That's true. And well, that's well, that was it. She didn't. Uh, she didn't sell, sell, sell the information. She uh, she she gave it to the ABC, and and now the, they don't like that either. Oh ABC. my God, politicians could be implicated. <laughs> what will Americans think? Yeah. Uh, ABC News reporters' calls to possible customers last month ultimately led the Deputy Secretary of State Randall Tobias to resign after he acknowledged using the escort service. He claimed he got massages, not sex. <laughs> In her order, Kessler said she's very concerned about statements by Paul. Nothing Pre- like a good massage from a, g- a gal who isn't really certified in doing that yeah, anyway, right? but is standing in her underpants. <laughs> and her attorney uh, that they would release her remaining customer records for 1996 to 2000. In a letter dated Sunday, her civil attorney, Blair Sibley, had demanded that Gonzalez conduct a special investigation into what he described as an unfair prosecution of Palfrey's business. Sibley said that he would release Palfrey's phone records for all to peruse, including Internet uh, bloggers, if Gonzalez didn't take action. Noting that ABC News had identified one federal prosecutor now deceased in its review of the phone records, he suggested that the remaining records probably contain the numbers of other notable customers and escorts. Quote, consider the math. If 20% of the telephone records produced one career Justice Department prosecutor, then 100% of the telephone records will very likely produce at least another four of them, he wrote in his letter. And, you know, he's just he's just toying with people. He, they know who's in those. They know who oh, those yeah. numbers are. They've researched those. Heavily. The judge said that such a release would amount to witness intimidation and violate an earlier order that she had imposed on Palfrey. The judge wrote, the clear uh, inference to be drawn is that there will be a wholesale release of all telephone records possessed by Ms. Palfrey. And that's what they're trying to, uh, the government's trying to prohibit. Oh, yeah. Palfrey's new criminal attorney, Preston Burton, uh, would not comment yesterday on the order. He said he will address the judge at the next hearing scheduled for May 21st. So we will keep you up to date on the latest with the D.C. Madam situation as it continues to develop. It sounds like, and we don't really know, I don't think the judge really knows for sure here how much of these records have been turned over. They're just saying, you can't turn over any more. So I hope they've turned over them all. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more names being dropped on this one. I normally don't like dropping names of politicians, but when they're in trouble, it sure is fun to talk about that. (laughs) 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. We'll jump into the email box coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. Opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats. These people want your money, home, and car. What have you done to protect yourself? 
At keepyourassets.net, they are experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to keepyourassets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They will show you how to keep your assets. 1-800-259-9231. Jumping into the email box here. Of course, we'll take your calls about whatever uh, is on your mind if you make them. This one from Phil. He says, I've been enjoying Free Talk Live for the past few months, and I've been unable to listen live, though I do listen to all of the podcast shows. There are things that are a few things that are unclear to me, and he's going to go through. Um, these emails are going to hit some pretty heavy issues. Free market society. You mentioned that people should be given a reputation score similar to a credit score. People will. Now that's not, what you say. That's not what I say. That's what I say. That's right. Uh, people will not want to ruin their reputation. Do you think that that will stop people from doing what they want or need to do? Having a credit store doesn't a score doesn't stop people from ruining their credit score every day. Right, that's people true. will do what they want or need to survive. Well, yes, I, I completely understand uh, where you're coming from on that, Phil. Uh, the idea of the reputation rating would be that in a free market society, the reputation rating would be accepted by most legitimate peoples and businesses, like sort of how when you go to when you go on eBay, you look at the reputation of the person who's buying your product, or you look at the reputation of the person who's selling the product that that you want to buy, and you know that helps you judge as to whether or not you want to deal with that person. So similarly. Individuals would have their reputation score, which would be based on a variety of factors and how they've they've interacted with people and honored their word or not honored their word. And they could certainly go about uh, life with a a low reputation score, but they're going to have a tough time doing business with people as a result of that. I don't know about you, but I only want to do business with stand-up honest individuals. And if if I had a way to actually check the honesty of somebody... Before actually doing business with well, them, beyond just word of mouth, which is usually pretty reliable, um, then I would absolutely take advantage of that. And the in the individuals who had the, the bad reputation uh, scores would start to feel the pinch because most people would, you know, the businesses out there and uh, even people renting homes and that sort of thing would be checking those scores and they I would bring it up. I think that that's a, a bit Pollyanna-ish to imagine for a second that somebody who's running, say, a convenience store selling uh, soda pop and beer... Well, you'd is be gonna... able to get your beer, I'm sure, without having a reputation score check, but, but other things, you would be checked out. But, well, not and... if you're paying cash for stuff. Okay. You're not. Right. You'll be able to pay cash for anything. A reputation rating would be about, um, you know, a trust that someone have in you, would, would have in you. Not like hiring any, someone onto a job they, so we, they can earn some cash in the first place. Credit rating, ratings are already being used, um, you know, in, sporadically for job, uh, you know, for Great. job interviews. I think they should of, be. They're the, they're the closest thing we have to a reputation rating. Right. But they're not, they're not really a reputation rating. They're just a rating of how well you've participated in the credit system, which is something completely different. Well, it's um, not completely different, but well, it, it, is. It, it, it shows cre- you pay your bills, and that's, that's something that speaks highly of you. Well, but, but that's not all. Uh, if you don't have a credit card or if you don't have a car loan or home loan, then odds are good you aren't going to get any credit on your credit score. You're not and, going to and you know that. Numbers. Right? I know it, but that's only because I've been re- hanging around people like you that happen to know those things. They didn't teach me that in school. No, no, they didn't. But, but people I learn stumbled that. into that information, Mark. I understand. But people learn that information in their lives. They Nobody know. told me when I canceled my credit I, I I had credit cards at like 18 and 19, and then I canceled them when I was 20. And uh, nobody told me that, hey, did you know if you cancel this credit card, then you're going to start losing score on your credit score? Your score goes down if you don't have if you don't use your credit card. 
So the, the, I don't want to talk about the credit system. It's all screwy, in my opinion. But, you know, the, the point is, and, and you're right, Mark, some people are going to do business for cash, and they're not going to care what your reputation is. They just want you to, to pay up. But that doesn't negate the fact that there will be plenty of people who have a real interest in checking, uh, checking reputation. You want to come and offer me services on my house? I'm going to check your reputation. You want to you want to be offering uh, you want to you want a job from me? I'm going to check your reputation. You want to rent a house? I'm going to check your rep- reputation. So the fact is, there would be an incentive for uh, for people to protect their reputation scores. It, it would just be harder to live life without it. That's all. It's not perfect. The system isn't perfect, but it certainly would be better than what we have. War on drugs. He says, are you looking for the legalization of all drugs or just marijuana? And will there be an age restriction for the purchase of marijuana? Why don't you feel that one, Mark? I well, um, if if you want, if you're asking me, I would say that uh, is there an age restriction for alcohol? There is, and there shouldn't be, in my opinion. Well, I think that the age restriction is high for um, alcohol. I think that if you're 18 years old and you can go fight in a war, you should be able to drink a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, marijuana should be no more legal than uh, alcohol, and I can make good arguments for all other drugs being legal, too. Including prescription uh, drugs. I'm willing to take the incremental ste- step of marijuana being legal. I'm, I'm willing to take the incremental step of medical marijuana being legal. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, the, the whole idea that the war on drugs is about what about 50% of arrests, uh, drug arrests, are marijuana arrests, yeah. and about 70% of them are possession arrests. I think it's about 80%, but yes. Fine. Those numbers, outrageous. It's a huge number of our friends and family members that are being harassed by the police and thrown into jail cells. But it's not just that. The whole war on drugs is detrimental to your freedoms, even if you aren't a drug user. It's true. Uh, because it puts you and your family at risk from being robbed by some crackhead that's seething for another hit. Right. Uh, and he needs to get the money from somewhere, and he I doesn't have I don't smoke crack. My wife doesn't smoke crack. My big, fat cat, Senior Grouchy Pants, does not smoke crack. But we could very well die tonight... Because crack is illegal and somebody need and therefore extraordinarily expensive. If it wasn't so, uh, if if it wasn't legal, it wouldn't be so expensive. That's correct. And if it it were legal, it would not be as expensive. That's correct. Um, Aspirin isn't expensive. Um, You know, so if if people could produce crack and sell it in a drugstore right next to the the beer or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no reason that that I would have to die. Right. Crack smoking crack does not make one violent. It's no, the desire Perhaps to get PCP. Crack. You might be able to make the argument for for PCP that it and makes people. And the fact is, bite. nobody's used nobody PCP. nobody's done PCP. You know, it's very very rare for people uh, to do PCP. So, so smoking crack, and this is a common misconception. People believe that violence is inherently tied in with drug use. It's mm-hmm. not true. Drug users just want to get high and sit around and watch TV, Mostly. or in some cases they want to clean, like if they smoke some meth. But. Uh, and they don't want to hurt other people. It's just when they don't have money to buy the drugs with, which they need a, a, an extreme amount of this money in order to get black market products. When they don't have that money, they have to go out and get it somehow. Right. And, and that, that usually entails breaking into cars or breaking into homes and hooking. taking money. Uh, but, you know, lots of women hook for uh, money for drugs. That's true. But as far as... In, in many cases, they they just want to take the easy grabs. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, in some cases, they'll break into a home where someone's there. And they'll lose it because, you know, they're still kind of reeling from their crack binge. and Well, you know, their they, judgment isn't the best. Yeah, their judgment isn't the best, and they might uh, they're, get... They're doing crack, for God's right, sake. They their might, judgment stinks. They might get violent. Uh, the fact is, if the drugs were legal, they'd be cheaper. Very, oh, so much cheaper. I mean, the, the estimates are that the, the black market increases retail prices by three to 4,000%. 
I mean, that's just a tremendous markup. And, of course, then we'd take it out of the hands of criminals as well and put them into the hands of business owners who actually care about their customers. More on the way. You take control. More with Phil's email and uh, whatever you want to talk about. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian, here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, including archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website. You just go and download them. They're free on us, freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. So we're talking, uh, well, actually, we're getting to some emails here because I'm way backed up on them, and uh, we got some good ones. This one's from Phil, and he's already asked us a, co- a, qu- a question about the free market society, and then he moved into the war on drugs. Wanted to wanted us to clarify as to whether or not we're for the legalization of all drugs or just marijuana. And I think we've made it pretty clear that here on Free Talk Live, we support the full legalization, re-legalization, decriminalization, whatever word you want to choose, mm-hmm. uh, getting... Putting an end to the drug war—that's what—that's what we support. And as you pointed out, Mark, we're all for—you know—we're all for taking steps in the right direction. Anything that will get us away from this war on drugs, I—I'm absolutely for. I don't think anything's going to just happen—you um, know—all in one fell swoop. No, probably not. Uh, but nonetheless, eventually, that's where I'd like to go, and uh, that's where we should go if we really care about freedom. If we care about uh, people's. Uh, Families not having their house broken into or individuals not having their car broken into, their car stereo stolen, people being beaten and robbed for uh, for money, stores being robbed at gunpoint for cash so these criminals can go out and buy drugs on uh, at black market rates. You take it out of the hands of the black market, you re-legalize all these products, and, and no, you don't make them prescription drugs. You make them available on store shelves so anybody can go in and purchase these products. They will be safer. The purity will be better because of the lab manufactured under controlled quality control conditions. Unlike, you know, somebody's back shed or their bathroom mixing chemicals in a bathtub. Certainly happens. Uh, So, you know, the quality is going to be better. That will prevent people from overdosing as often as happens today. Overdoses happen because of black market conditions, uh, not because of legal products. And... Oh, that's not true. You could over you could overdose. You still could do it, but you'd have to try to. Right, Most overdoses actual, are accidental. Right. There's accidental overdoses where people get uh, drugs that are uh, too that are stronger than they expect them. The drugs right. because there's no quality control. There's no. Uh, I can overdose on aspirin tonight if I want to. Yeah. So yeah, it probably won't kill you, but uh, well, it depends yes. on how many you take. And and likely you won't overdose on aspirin because you know how many to take. You have an exper- you have experience in that uh, correct r- uh, range. But if so somehow in, they manage to concentrate aspirin so that each pill was worth say a hundred aspirins and not tell you and you took two yeah. um which is the equivalent of 200 aspirin well then bam you've got a problem and that's yeah. what can happen sometime when you're talking about heroin and um, these kind of drugs it sure does and also you have to remember that the uh legal drugs have been researched exhaustively so when you're taking legal drugs you're taking drugs that have been tested in laboratory environments 
They know exactly what to expect out of them. They know uh, what to tell you as far as how to take them. Well, take this with a half a, gla- a glass of water. Take this with a meal. Take this with, you know, there's certain parameters on when the best, what the best way to take these products are. With the black market, you have to go by what you hear. Now, there are, now thanks to the Internet, more people are able to actually get honest information about taking drugs, but still they have to go out and look for it. Mm-hmm. Their drug dealers are going to give them a little pamphlet, uh, <laughs> a brochure with the, the LSD they buy. Well, he's likely to tell them um, you know, what to do, but he may or may or, may or not be, be right, too. Because like, a lot of drug dealers are just, um, you know, just higher-end users. Yeah. Uh, so, and also, will there be an age restriction on the purchase of marijuana, asks Phil. Mark, you're somebody that supports age restrictions um, by the government. I, on the other hand, support age restrictions on a voluntary market basis. So, if an individual is running a convenience store, for instance, let the individual running the store decide who to sell to. I'm talking about um, marijuana, I'm talking about alcohol, or mm-hmm. whatever other products, cigarettes. Let that store owner decide, and then let the market decide how to handle that store owner. Well, so if, if parents don't like that, then they should shop somewhere else. It's all well and good, your uh, free market system, but people um, can sort of understand if you say, well... Marijuana, alcohol, similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I don't see why the restrictions would have to be, one would have to be different than the other. I so, agree with that, which means there should be no restrictions at all, because the fact is... I know is, what you think, yes. Well, I know what the reality is, and the fact is, kids... <laughs> that you're a raving lunatic? <laughs> I'm not a raving lunatic. I'm telling you the truth. Kids have no trouble getting their hands on you're alcohol, right cigarettes, or marijuana, regardless of the legal or illegal status of each. Right. As a matter of fact, they probably can get marijuana more um, easily than they can alcohol, and marijuana is more true. illegal. Uh, all these laws, all age restriction laws do is give cops something to do with their time instead of investigating real crimes. So now they get to be on the vice squad and they get to do stings and they get a little, you know, an 18-year-old girl to go in and act like she does, you know, she's uh, not showing identification and try to get clerks to sell to her so they can go and arrest the clerks right. of the store and then charge the store owner with with a crime. Wouldn't, it be be- wouldn't, wouldn't we be better served as a society if the cops were out instead of uh, doing this, they were in fact investigating robberies, rapes, and murders that were in their town. Instead of taking cops and doing stings on uh, local uh, convenience stores, wouldn't we be better served as a society? We're paying these people already Mm -hmm. to say, okay, here, sit at this desk, read this file. When you feel like you've got a lead, go investigate it. And it also, also these these age restriction laws also uh, promote hatred towards the police. Mm. I've talked before about how if you want to bring the police back to a status of respected by the people, by by most people. I mean, yes, I understand the respectables out there; they have no problems with the police. But for the rest of us who have friends that have been harassed by the police, who have friends that have been arrested by the police. Uh, and and just you know had lives ruined by the police. For the rest of us, we'd like to see the uh, the war on drugs come to an end because then the police won't be arresting our friends and family members for a possession of a joint, throwing them in a jail cell, giving them a criminal record, and all those other horrible things that they're currently doing. But also it applies to alcohol and age restrictions because once again, having age restrictions on alcohol, saying well you can't drink if you're under the age of 21, or even if it were to be lowered, you can't drink if you're under the age of 18. It gives the police an excuse to raid parties. And, of course, how do you think the kids feel about the cops when the cops come and raid their parties? Well, they're certainly scared, and uh, fear definitely turns into anger and hate. Yeah, it, especially it if you've got handcuffs on and you're being taken down not, to the sniper. Not every, not every kid feels that way, but some do. So, again, you take away these uh, stupid laws that, only, that, that affect nonviolent criminals, 
consensual crimes, so-called. You take away these stupid laws, and then you're, then kids are going to have a tough time hating the cops because the cops aren't busting up their parties. Uh, the unless there's a noise complaint, then that's a you know that's a totally other. I issue. don't think that there should be any criminal offense where there isn't a harmed party. I right. don't think that there you know somebody should bring charges if there is to be such a thing. I mean you know I. I can understand if they kill a bum that somebody would have to represent, you know, that somebody would have to come forward to represent the bum. But I'm sure that you can get somebody to come to step forward and say, you know, this person killed this bum. Right. So, again, what would kids have to get angry at the cops about? Because that's where it starts. That's where hatred for the cops begins is when Mm -hmm. you're a young person. And when your friends and you yourself are getting caught up in all these silly little consensual crimes, these laws that have been passed that are essentially targeting young people. In many cases, what what would make kids hate the police if if marijuana were were legal and if there were no age restrictions to where kids weren't getting their parties busted up by zealous cops that are just, you know, that just want to ruin some kids Saturday nights. What would they have to hate the police for? I can't think of anything. No, I mean, uh, cops aren't cops will will not pull over to the side of the road when they spot a kid walking down the street with a cigarette in their mouth. In some states, it's illegal for kids to even have cigarettes, let alone yeah, let to alone buy them. Buy them, yeah. And they can be fined and they can be arrested for it. So when cops aren't harassing kids for drug crimes, so-called, what else could they be angry at the cops for? I don't know. If you can think of something, I'd like to hear it. 800-259-9231, because otherwise the cops are just going to be enforcing crimes that actually harm others. Makes sense to me. Free State Project, he says, this is again Phil's email, he says, if New Hampshire were to secede from the Union, what repercussions will there be? What will happen if they shut down your borders in New Hampshire? How much, uh, well, (laughs) I guess it would be easier for them to shut down the borders to New Hampshire than it would the entire northern or southern borders, but how likely is that? I mean, they're having a tough enough time building a border on the southern wall, which of course I don't think they should do, but can you imagine what... And what uh, about Maine? Yeah, can you imagine what the the response of Americans would be who have family members and friends in New Hampshire that the federal government's going to want to build a, a great wall surrounding the state? That's nutso. And of course, they couldn't build a wall out into the water, so we'd still have our international port, and we'd have our international border with Canada. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by going and joining the AMP program. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about it. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is simple. You like the show? You like the fact that we give away all our features on our website for free? Maybe you want to send us 3 bucks a month. That's what over 380 of our listeners are doing as members of the AMP program, or amplifiers as we like to call them. Uh, so you get signed up via either PayPal, automatic monthly deduction, or monthly credit card charges, and it's really easy. There are alternative methods as well. The idea is you send in that 3 bucks a month, and Free Talk Live takes it and turns it around into promoting the show, mm-hmm. to getting more radio stations on board with the program. And by the way, we've had more stations sign up in this one month this in is this one month than ever in any other month. Been a very prolific month. In the history of Free Talk Live. And it all has to do with the amplifiers. You know, there's a certain synergy that's uh, reached, a critical mass, as it were, and let's hope that uh, we've reached it and uh, that stations continue to uh, keep coming aboard at uh, a rate half of 
of what they've done this week. Yeah, I, I'm not getting my hopes up for that, no. but uh, but nonetheless, you know, this is a business of followers, and the more uh, the more peep stations we can get on board, the more stations will come on board because they'll say, oh yeah, those guys really are serious. You know, because when we started out in uh, syndicated radio a couple of years ago, almost I think this is our third full year in syndication. Uh, when we started out back in 2004, that you know people didn't take us seriously. Who the hell are these guys? Right, you know they're gonna be gone and they're gonna be gone in uh, a month. Right, because we didn't rise through the ranks as most people do in this business. We didn't go through the traditional routes of. You know, working our butts off for a corporation, hoping that we get a promotion, and hoping that they'll put our show on, and then, uh, you know, hoping that they'll syndicate us, and that sort of crap takes forever. I've jumped over all of those hoops, and we've gone and done it the independent style. But because we approached it from the independent viewpoint, uh, because we're independently syndicated, then, you know, there's a little bit more skepticality out there about us. There's a little bit more of, uh, people are raising their eyebrows. Uh, who are these guys trying yes. to jump into the Independence, game? Independence, what's that all about? Right, you know, we don't have a premier radio network and we or a Westwood it. One behind us to, pr- to promote the show. We don't have multi-million dollar pro- promo budgets. We can't send out cigars to all of our, uh, you know, to all of our program directors because we just can't afford that sort of thing. But... What we do, what we can do, is we can take your contribution of three bucks a month and blow it up to make us look as big and important as all of the other talk shows out there. And it's working. It, it is working. People are noticing Free Talk Live. And the longer we're out here, the more advertising and more outreach to stations that we do, the more likely stations are going to to say yes to our show. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com, learn more about the program, learn about the perks you'll get access to, and get signed up. It's AMP. .freetalklive.com. Back to Phil, uh, Phil's email, just covering a number of different issues. He's concerned about secession. He's talking about the Free State Project. And by the way, the Free State Project is not a secessionist movement. Let's make that clear. No. The Free State Project is a movement to encourage liberty-loving individuals to move to New Hampshire. Once those liberty-loving individuals get to New Hampshire... It's up to them what they want to do. Some of them want to go into politics. Some of them want to do civil disobedience. Some of them support secession, and some of them don't. Um, so... I happen to be somebody that thinks secession's a fine idea. I've I've no use for the federal government. It seems to be uh, completely uh, just a t- terrible organization. I, I don't think that that's the purpose of the FSP. I don't think that no, uh, it's not. We're, we're particularly well served by uh, looking at secession at this point. Um, I you know let's let's return the state to its constitutional uh, basis, and then we'll see if we're forced into secession. That's, I, I'm not really interested in secession. So he's wondering what will happen if uh, the government, presumably the federal government, shuts down the borders in New Hampshire. How much will that affect all the New Hampshire residents that work in Massachusetts or other states? Well, it would have a huge effect. <laughs> I mean, the idea that that would actually happen. I mean, th- there are so many just ludicrous scenarios that uh, that some people bring up when they hear about the Free State Project. Well, what if they roll in tanks down Main Street? What if they shut off the border? Well, you know, if that's what happens, then that'll really show, I think, a lot of people in America how far down the road to tyranny this country has gone. Mm-hmm. If that actually happens, I can't I don't imagine think it will. I can't imagine that it will. I don't. I think it's completely unrealistic. But if it happens, freedom is done for at that point. It's time to start locking and loading. For all the residents of New Hampshire that don't want things to change, he says, they'll be forced to live under a society that they may not want to live under. Well, first of all, secession doesn't force people to live under anything. 
Not Certainly not as much as the current government forces people to live in societies they don't want to live in. I'm living in a society that it's, while comfortable, not the ideal. It's not what I would like to see. That's why I'm working towards change. But the thing that we're doing here in, in the free state in New Hampshire is we're persuading people. We're not forcing people to accept our viewpoint. We're telling, we're, we're letting them know what our viewpoint is, juxtaposing it against the viewpoints of the statists out there, the big government people, and saying, come with us. Join us. Freedom is the answer. Liberty works. Freedom is the solution to society's problems, not more government programs. That's not forcing anybody to live in a certain way. The libertarian um, viewpoint lets people live their life how they want to. So I don't under I don't understand that point. I guess he's saying if the federal government decides to build a wall around the state, that that would force people to live in a certain way. Well, then blame the feds. It wouldn't be the people's fault in New Hampshire because the people, in order to secede in the first place, the people would have to support secession. They would. So uh, it'd have to be a popular uh, popular popular movement. He says, I'm not saying things are good now. Things do need to change. And no, I don't have any answers. I don't think that any one political party has all the answers. As for me, I think that they've all done some of the, they all have some of the things that I would like to see happen. He says, good luck with the Free State Project. You're reaching out to listeners and making a difference. Let's go to Evan's email, the justice system. He says, I'm an avid listener of your show and your opinions have really changed how I look at government. I am now confident that most of the services that government performs can be more effectively and less expensively done by the free market. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm quite close to believing, as you do, that government is unnecessary. However, there is one service that I don't see the free market being able to offer. Okay. How can the justice system be replaced by the free market? Mm, That's something that uh, bothers me a bit, too. By its very nature, the justice system must be coercive and backed by force. Well, by its current nature... By the government's nature, uh, why would anyone actually guilty of any crime submit to it unless they were being forced to by the government? In your ideal government-free world, would there be no actual punishments beyond shunning for those guilty of property crimes? I understand how protection could be handled by the free market, but the justice system seems impossible for the free market to handle. And you know what, Evan? That's just what the government would like you to think. You know, the fact is, if a product or service is in demand by the marketplace, people in search of a profit will figure out a way to do it. Or they'll mob up and uh, hang somebody. Okay. Um, Which, you know, is not necessarily the best of situations, but in the market... (laughs) But it's better than having a judicial system. uh, The judicial system is is horrible. Um, It results in innocent people being put in in prison. I I would totally agree with you that we need some revamping in the judicial system. It results in innocent people being put to death. It results in judges protecting the power of the state. I mean, the, the judicial system is messed up. And it's hard to believe that the marketplace would be able to do a worse job at it. In fact, uh, in The Market for Liberty, which is a book that I'm busily working, well, not so busily, but once a week I'm trying to to, uh, to record a chapter the, of the audio version of this excellent book by Morris and Linda Tannehill, they really do a fantastic job of outlining how a market-based justice system could work. And they wrote this book back in the 1970s, so they didn't even have any sort of idea for what sort of technology would be coming about in the future. And, uh, you know, the, basically it goes back to the, uh, the reputation ratings that we had talked about in the, in the past. That could be a, a heavy factor in the, markets, uh, the market system in that, you know, if you don't, first of all, contract insurance is another important factor. And, and I probably shouldn't have addressed this in the last minute of the show. But con- contract insurance, when you, sign, uh, when you sign a contract with somebody, 
in that contract, in the marketplace, there's going to be an arbitrator specified. There may be more than one arbitrator specified, so you could appeal to multiple arbitrators. So these private courts, essentially, would be right there listed in the contract. You wouldn't have signed that contract if you hadn't agreed in advance to going to that particular court. So technically, force could be used if the contract specifies as such. So if the contract says that Mark and Ian have agreed to go to Joey's arbitration service, mm-hmm. and Mark decides that after he's violated the contract... Why is it going to be me violating contracts? After Mark has violated the contract, he decides he doesn't want to go to Joe's arbitration service, then you are in, you're in violation of that order, and a bounty could be put on your head for that. As far as, you know, actually dragging you in to, mm-hmm. to be arbitrated. And then if it turns out that you're somebody who's untrustworthy, that people think that you're going to run... If you're not a upstanding citizen, then yeah, you could be put into some sort of, because of your violation of your own contract, you could be put into some sort of a, you know, a work prison. Now, if you're an upstanding citizen, you've made a mistake, and you, you know, you'd be released on your own recognizance, and there'd be some sort of form of uh, restitution that you'd have to pay. So it would all depend on how you acted. And there's more details on this, and we'll talk about it, I'm sure, in the future. If you've got oh, questions, sure. follow us tomorrow. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. See you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 